on holiday. Um, and they did book that. It was sort of a last-minute holiday. So what happened was, was uh, Phil had booked an appointment in his diary six months ago, and probably even longer knowing Phil, and uh, wanted to ensure that he stayed committed to what he'd said he could do. Uh, and so unfortunately, um, it fell this morning that they were both out. But we believe, don't we, that even though they're not here, God is here, and we are going to be in for a great time this morning. And God has got something I really believe to say to us this morning. Amen. Just to say as well, you are doing so well, encouraging me, you know. I'm sort of the one on the front row shouting the amens, and I'm up here, so I need you to shout it to me this morning. Is that okay? Because I I get encouraged when you stir me on. So following on um, from our Circle Maker series, this is a one-off this morning. And uh, when Christian and Phil said to me a few months ago or uh, six weeks ago about doing this, um, I started saying to God, God, what can we say? Now, um, what I just felt was this sort of was a, a tag on to the Circle Maker series. And I have to say that this is one of my most important and my, the things that I love the most talking about. So this morning, we're going to talk about word power, word power. Now, being a girl, we love words, don't we, ladies? We love words. Why say one if a hundred will do? We love words. So this is one of those things that if you said to me, as a Christian, what is one of the things apart from prayer life and reading the Bible that has transformed your life the most, I would say the power of our words has transformed my life the most. Now, following on from the circle maker, I felt God really strongly say to me, as as an individual, and to share with you this morning, it is no use us circling things in prayer, week in, week out, declaring before God and coming before God in prayer what we are asking God for, and then leave our prayer closet or leave our prayers at at the door, and then Monday morning we declare negative things. There's no use praying one thing and saying to your friends and your neighbors and your colleagues, another thing, because that has a negative impact. I strongly believe this morning, guys, that our words are containers for power. Are you hearing me? Our words are containers for power. So what I want to unpack this morning is something I believe very strongly. It's transformed my life. And I believe this morning, guys, it can transform yours. If you are not living in that place of victory and and declaration of good things in your life this morning, even when they don't look good, this morning you need to pin your ears back and say, I am going to listen this morning. I'm going to have ears to hear because God wants to speak to you this morning. This isn't Julie Turner. This is God through me saying, I have something to say to you this morning. Amen. So I want to start... um, by reading a psalm that I love, Psalm 34. Being a worship pastor, you'd expect me to to love this psalm. Psalm 34, but I am going to read it from the message. So if you haven't got the message Bible, I will read it to you. And and if able, it is going to come up on the screens too. I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. Can you meet me halfway? No, God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. 
Look at him. Give him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from him. When I was desperate, I called out and God got me out of a tight spot. God's angels, listen to this, set a circle of protection around us while we pray. So while you're drawing your circles, the angels in heaven too are drawing circles of protection around your prayers. Did you see that? God's angels set up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Open your mouth. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. This, I love this, this verse for me. Worship God if you want the best. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to not some of his goodness, but all of his goodness. Young lions on the prowl get hungry, but God seekers are full of God. Come children, listen closely. I'll give you a lesson in God worship. Who out there has a lust for life? Can't wait for each day to come upon beauty. Guard your tongue from profanity and your lips from speaking lies. Guard your tongue from profanity and no more lying through your teeth. Father, we just pray this morning that what we hear will be your words, that what we go with, Father, this morning as we leave will be the same power that conquered the grave will live in us. And that, Father, right now you would take my words and anoint them with your words. That, Father, we would hear what you have to say and that every single one of us will be touched and changed by the word of God. And we all said, Amen. Verse 13 there tells us, God, tells us, God, your tongue. I have, I have absolute confidence this morning that our words are containers for power. So that doesn't mean to say that we can just glibly say whatever drops into our head. As Christians, we have a responsibility for the words that we speak and for the things that come out of our mouth. How many of us have said things that have been cutting and hurtful and then used the excuse well, it, it just came out. We have no more um, excuse that we can use those words. So what do we need to do? We have to watch and be intentional with the words that we say. Now, I was in a car with a, a guy uh, driving to a business meeting. There was a few of us in the car. And, and this was as God was really sort of teaching me this, you know. I'm one of those people who just, you know, it comes out and I just say it. And uh, God's challenged me very much about thinking before I speak. And um, I was in a car with this guy, and, and you'd ask him a question, and it seemed like there was a pause <laughs> forever before he'd answer. But I, I realized that actually he was thinking through a wise conclusion or a wise thing to say before he just blurted it out. And I thought, oh, perhaps I need to be more like that. But I'm like, come on, don't take forever to answer. <laughs> Proverbs 4 and verse 23 says, guard your heart above all else. Listen to this. For it determines the course of your life. Now, for those of you who said, you're talking about the heart now, Jordan, uh, Julie, you're not talking about your words. Matthew 12, 34 goes on to say, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. So going back to Proverbs 4 and verse 23, this isn't Julie's words, this is God's words. Guard your heart because above all else, it determines the course of your life. So I ask you again this morning, what are you declaring? What are you saying? 
What is coming out of your mouth? Is what is coming out of your mouth lining up with what are you circling in prayer? So there's three areas that I want to um, touch on this morning. And uh, we are a Bible-believing, note-taking church. So if you haven't got your notebooks out, it would be great if you could do that now. That would encourage me. Because I believe that by writing it down, that that just gets instilled in us even more. So first of all, nudge your neighbor, power in praise. Nudge your neighbor, power in praise. Come on, we can do, guys, come on. (laughs) We can do better. First of all, number one, power in praise. (laughs) Being our worship pastor, you would expect me to just cover this, wouldn't you? How powerful praise is in the house. Now, um, for those of you that... um, uh, had the, uh, were in church several weeks ago. We had a great guy coming through on our sizzling Sundays called Kirk McAteer, great friend of, of ours um, within the church. And uh, he, he actually is a guy who lines up with what he says. I've been with him quite a bit and he's a great guy. And one of the things he said over at Mansfield, the Mansfield campus, for those of you that was there, before he started the meeting and before he started to speak, he said this phrase, we are pumped up, psyched up, Ready to go. Can those of you that were there remember that? Now, for those of you that do Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, some of us have banded that out, haven't we? We are pumped up, psyched up, ready to go. The reality is, guys, and I really felt God speak to me as I was preparing this morning, that so often we come into church stressed out, fed up, and ready to drop. Is that true? Is that true? We come into God's house, we're stressed up, fed up, and ready to drop, not pumped up and ready to go. You can sense an atmosphere in a room, can't you, when you walk into it? How many of you have walked into a a home where you you can sense that the couple in there have started, have had an argument, you know, and you, you can sense it, can't you? You can sense the atmosphere. When we get up to praise and to to lead um, you guys in worship, sometimes I can sense there's a great atmosphere in the house. We are pumped up, psyched up, ready to go. And other times I can come and I can feel like, come on, guys, God's here. Come on, Jesus is all available to us this morning. Now, the one thing I do know and absolutely confident in this morning, that God never changes. So why in sometimes in our times of worship do I feel like anything could happen? And sometimes in our times of worship, it feels like it's difficult and we need to push through. The only thing that changes, guys, is us. So what I want to encourage us in this morning is I want to see in this church, in Arena Church, our worship go to a whole new level. I have prayed it for years that as we worship God, chains would be broken. That as we worship God, people would be healed. That as we worship God, people's faith and expectancy in their heart would rise. What changes in the house is our expectancy that we come pumped up, psyched up, ready to go, not stressed out, fed up and ready to drop. And God said, it's us. If you come with that expectancy, uh, that atmosphere of God, we are here to meet with you this morning because God, you are able. We sing it, guys. And that faith, that expectancy needs to rise in our heart. Psalm 34 that we read earlier says, I bless God at every chance I get. It goes on in verse 4 to say, God met me more than halfway. He freed me. From my anxious fears. Now, here's another thing that I really firmly believe that there's a direct correlation between praising God and seeing breakthrough in our lives. 
I feel, come on, we need some more amens in the house. There's a direct correlation between us seeking God and praising God and pressing through no matter what we feel like and seeing breakthrough in our lives. If we want to walk out of this place this morning feeling victorious and an overcomer, no matter what the situation, we have got to feel and know that God is with us and our God is able. Do we believe that the same power that conquered the great lives in us? So we should go out of the house this morning in faith, not in fear. We should go out of the house this morning feeling psyched up and ready to face the week ahead, no matter what the situation. Now, guys, I don't want to decry what you are going through this morning. I had a very lovely conversation with a very dear friend of mine before the meeting this morning who came to me in tears, telling me about her yesterday. And in tears... She said something that's a very painful situation to her, but still declaring good things through her tears. Still declaring for breakthrough through her tears. We can declare breakthrough even when we feel like we're in the prison. Amen? So guys, here's a thought. If next Sunday when we pitch up, we say, God, it's not about me. It's about you. And in the house this morning, I am going to give you 110%. I am not going to care who is stood around me. I don't care who is next to me. I don't care if I've never lifted my hands before. And and why do we lift our hands? Okay, how many of you seen the films where, you know, the white flag comes out and people lift their hands, don't they? As a sign of surrender. Why do I lift my hands so much when I get into church? Guys, if you look at me sometimes and, and think I'm foolish, you know, I love you, but I really don't care what you think because I'm in God's presence. I am lifting my hands and saying, God, without you, I can't do anything. This morning, I can't preach what I'm preaching without God through me. So I lift my hands because I know I am desperate for God to come through for me in everything I'm going through. It's that international sign of surrender. So when we ask you and encourage you to lift your hands, it's not to encourage me, it's to encourage you. When we ask you to lift your voice, it's not to encourage us, it's to encourage you. Because I know the power of lifting our voices to God. In uh, the worship team, we, we, had, we met at my house a few weeks ago, and I, I love these guys. They pitch up week in, week out. They serve us so faithfully in the house. They were here at quarter past nine this morning. They'll be at Mansfield at five o'clock tonight. They'll probably be one of the last to leave, and they just pitch up every week, and I love these guys. And they came to my house, and actually, they probably do give sacrificially week in, week out, but what we spoke about was the sacrifice of praise leads to raising the praise. Um, can you, many of you, uh, the, the ones who are sort of my ages, you know, in your 40s and, and older, you know, I know I don't look it. But um, we, uh, we used to sing that song years ago. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Put your hand up if you remember that song. Oh, there must be a lot. Oh, oh, a good number. <clears throat> now the reality is, Before God started challenging me on this, I didn't bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of God. I didn't. I didn't know the power that actually praising God brought. I didn't realize it. I hadn't sort of got into my little thick head up there that the sacrifice of praise leads to raising raising the praise and leads to the chains being broken. I hadn't realized that. So I remember one particular, I mean, it's years ago. Josh and Jordan were very little. And Chris and I, it was one of those mornings we, we sort of had words all the way to church, you know. Don't, don't you always find that you're going to, if you're going to fall out or something's going to go wrong, it's going to be Sunday morning. Is that true? 
All the way to church, we, we were arguing. I can remember, it was a horrible morning, and we don't, we've not had very many like that, which is why it sticks in my mind. And I can remember studying church like this. I, I remember it very clearly. If you think I'm going to be the first to say sorry this morning, you have got another thing coming. If you think I'm going to do your dinner when we get home, you can forget it. And we're singing, we bring a sacrifice of praise. <laughs> and I wasn't bringing anything, I was just bringing me. Guys, are you hearing me this morning? I left church that morning the same as I came in. And what God wanted me to do was say, Julie, come on. We probably fell out of something stupid about whether we're having peas or carrots for lunch. You know, it was probably something absolutely nothing. And yet I didn't go out of church any different that morning than when I came in because I didn't bring my sacrifice of praise. Now, I know that is a simple illustration, but for those of you that feel like you've been in the prison for 19 years like Joseph was, Bring your sacrifice of praise because I know that God is able. I know that sometimes just like changing our thinking, that faith rising in our hearts can take us out of here with a whole new perspective. Amen? Bring your sacrifice of praise. You see, the presence of God wants to speak to our hearts. It wants to change us, to give us new insight, to give us encouragement for God to say, I am with you. For that still small voice to say, don't hold back. For that voice to say, come on, press through into me. Don't hold back on your words. Don't stop opening your mouth. The enemy has got you right where he wants you when you stand in church like this. Right where he wants you. He wants to stop you pressing into all that God is wanting to say to you. I know until I open my heart to God that I am not going to hear from him. God is not just going to force himself on me as a gentleman. When I open my heart to God, that's when God can speak. That's when God can break through. That's when God says, I can turn the situation around even if you can't see it yet. Amen? So on Friday, (laughs) you know know when you're preaching this stuff, God has to challenge you first, doesn't he? On Thursday, um, we're doing our garden and uh, Chris... Um, was, is building a wall with Andy Gregory uh, outside and they're doing a tremendous job and they were outside building this wall and I was inside cleaning and, and you know, doing those things that you do once every decade, like clean the oven, open your drawers, you know, ladies, you know, get everything out. And It doesn't happen very often. Chris came in from an extremely busy day and, you know, he's, he's pleased that he's built this wall and, and they had done a great job. And you know what? I was too tired to even be bothered to go out and look at what he'd done. And that's sad. Come on. Oh, poor Chris. Oh, what happened? Now, listen to this. Because I said, oh, darling, I'll have a look tomorrow. You know, I'm a bit tired. And Friday morning, I get into God's presence. The first thing God spoke to me was, that wasn't very nice, was it? The first thing, you know, your husband just wanted a bit of encouragement. And all I could think about was me. Oh, I'm too tired. I can't be. Isn't it true? You know, we just get so full of what we're doing that we forget to encourage other people. So I text him, I love you, darling. <laughs> I think you're awesome. He sent me a text back saying, steady on. <laughs> but guys, our words are containers for power. Are we praising each other with our words? More than anything, are we praising God in every situa- situation? Um, God, uh, Josh actually alluded to it this morning. Um, something I just shared uh, with the guys earlier, a a scripture in Acts 16, where Paul and Silas were in prison. Now, you you may know the story, but for those of you that don't, I'm just going to explain it very, very briefly to you. Paul and Silas were doing their bit, walking along, and there's a slave girl 
who is fortune-telling. Her bosses, her people who, who own the slave girl, are making loads of money off the back of this girl's fortune-telling. Now, Paul and Silas, um, actually, what they did was they prayed for this slave girl, and they broke the spirit off of her that could fortune-tell. Just a side note here, guys, we don't need to go and see fortune-tellers. I'm not going to get into this this morning. We don't need to read our stars. Read the Bible if you want to know what your future says. Amen? Okay. Sideline. Underline that. Um, so what happened to the bosses were very, very angry with Paul and Silas because now they'd lost all their income because this girl could no longer tell the fortunes of the future because they had, she'd been healed from this spirit. So they threw them in prison. Before they threw them in prison, they flogged them, they beat them, and they ended up in stocks, you know, good old stocks with their ankles and, and all of that, in prison. Now, these two guys, first of all, they were doing God's work when they got thrown in prison. They didn't, they, they, the, the situation wasn't justified, but they ended up where they were. Now, what did they do? Now, what would I do if I've been doing God's work and I've just been flogged and beaten and thrown in prison? I would probably feel like having a pity party, yeah? Yeah? Come on, let's be honest this morning. What would we feel like doing? What Paul and Silas actually did was sing psalms and hymns, and they lifted their voice in worship and praise to God. Josh encouraged us with it this morning. And what happened, not only when they started doing that, did their chains fall off, everything became loose and the prison doors flung open for them, but also for the people around them. Do you hear the power of that this morning, guys? If you are in a situation, whether you feel it's justified or not justified, you may think, well, I've got myself into this mess because I've spent too much. Or I'm in a horrible marriage and actually it's got nothing to do. I don't feel I've done anything wrong. Your children have gone wayward and I feel I've been like a good parent. God says, praise me anyway, because the chains will fall off. The situation may still be there, but not only will it affect your life, but it will affect those of the people around you. I love you smiling at me. Thank you so much. But keep... Keep going because what God says to you this morning is not only will you affect you when you praise me, but it will affect, are you hearing me this morning? It will break the chains of the people around you because you are pressing through and breaking God. Actually, you're going to laugh at this, or I hope you are, because um, I thought it was quite funny. When I was thinking it through, I, when I'm preaching, I normally wake up in the middle of the night and internalize all of this and preach it to myself so I'm clear what I'm saying. And I called it a kapow moment. And all I could say, um, Jacob, who does a great job with doing our, um, uh, our slides for us, you know, just to get it out there, word power. I nearly emailed him and said, when you do the slide this week, can you remember Batman and Robin? You know, and, and they had those big, you know, like bubbles with the things. It was like, kapow! And it was breakthrough. If you don't remember anything this moment, I believe when you praise God, it's a kapow moment. It's like Power Rangers, isn't it? <laughs> It's a kapow moment. And God says, I want to give you a kapow moment. Not because things are just going to change overnight, but because you're, you're, you know that our God is able. You leave with a certainty. If it takes one year, two years, three years for this situation to change, our God is able. Are you okay? Are you all still with me? Our circumstances may not have changed, but the faith in our heart starts to rise. But here's the point. We need to open our mouths. 
We need to start declaring it, guys. Sometimes when we say, come on, lift your voices, that is your time. It's you and God. Don't worry about what it's like, the people, well, what will my mate think? You know, I've never done this before. I can guarantee if you just start opening your mouth, just start declaring the favor and the goodness of God, God, thank you. Thank you. Whatever works for you, but just start opening your mouth because the breakthrough comes. The power is in you declaring how great God is. Psalm 100 tells us that the password to God's presence is thank you. The password. If you want to get into God's presence, and, and I, I make it a, a point when I, um, when I sit in my uh, study in the morning, and I, I want to spend time before God. Before I do anything, I can have the most horrible day or situation lined up in front of me and can, can walk into the, to my study feeling, oh God, I need you this morning. But before I do anything, I say thank you. How many of us know that, that have got children that when our children come to us and say, thank you for being a great mom. Thank you for being a great dad. How awesome you are. And can I have a fiver? You know, <laughs> now, we're not coming to God like that. But all I'm saying is that when we come with, with an appreciation of a God that, that we love and we're so thankful and God, without you, I am in such a mess. How much more is God going to reach out and hear our voice? It says in Psalm 100, the password to God is thank you. So just in, in concluding in this point, worship for me and praise doesn't end here on the stage. Doesn't aid when, when we finish at 5 to 11 worshiping God. Worship and praise is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's not just something we do on Sunday mornings or Tuesday nights. It's a lifestyle. It, uh, some of you may not be able to sing as great as Josh can and Kev can and some of the guys on the stage can. But if, as long as you do your bit, you know, even if it's out of tune, you know, Les Dawson played out of tune, but he was still okay, weren't he? I mean, everybody, he got loads of money making out of that. But guys, whatever you can do, get into God's presence. Because God changes things when we get into God's presence. We open our mouths in praise to God and suddenly, suddenly, the prison doors are open. Everything is different. The other night, um, I'd had a very busy day. And uh, I did exactly what Christian had encouraged us to do. I've done it quite a lot, actually, which is stop, drop, and pray. I, I, I just got on my knees. It was all of probably two or three minutes. And the difference it made getting up off my knees, I, I came out feeling like, wow, it really works. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel so surprised, but it really does work, guys. Stop, drop, and pray. If you are feeling weak and weary in your day, just get on your knees. I, I can remember one day I was just on my knees and, and I didn't realize Chris was in the bathroom. And I, came and I jumped up. I thought, why do I feel embarrassed that Chris is going to see me down on my knees? How silly is this? Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, get in your toilet at work. If you're having a really bad... Oh, don't get on your knees in your toilet, whatever you do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guys, wherever we are, if you're feeling weak, if you're feeling stressed out, fed up and ready to drop, do exactly that. Stop, drop, and pray, because the presence of God, just two or three minutes, can change your perspective. Perspective. Are you all still with me? Okay, number two. Nudge your neighbor, number two. Power in our words. So power in praise and power in our words. We've already said it earlier, that words are containers for power. They can heal, they can wound, 
They can minister life. They can bring death. They can encourage. They can discourage. People get divorced over words. People can lose family members and dear friends over their words. Families are split apart by words. People can lose their jobs over words. People can have a poor self-image over words that have been spoken over them. Psalm 34 and verse 12 to 13. This is God speaking again, not me. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see? Who desires life and loves to see many good days? Keep your tongue from evil and keep your, your lips from speaking deceit. We read it in the message version earlier. Another powerful scripture that has transformed my life is Proverbs 8 and verse 21. It says, the tongue, the tongue has the power of life and death. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Guys, whatever you are declaring, you're going to eat the fruit of that. So I had this great analogy several years ago. It was um, from up at Bradford Church that... Um, you know, ladies, when you, you, you taught how to do perfume the right way, I mean, for years, I just sprayed it here, here and here, and rub it there, and a bit of that. I, that was the way I did it. But then I was taught by a professional perfumery person, whatever you call them, that you spray the perfume into the air, and then you walk into it. Did you see that? Spray. Did you like that? Kapow. Spray and walk. God says to you this morning, What are you spraying into the air and walking into? What are you declaring? I genuinely believe, guys, that you can't circle in prayer doing one thing and then start declaring everything else. I said it at the beginning. So words like, if you were praying to be debt-free, words like, oh, I'll never have any money, should not come out of your mouth. If you're praying for restoration in your marriage, oh, I've had enough of him, I've had enough of her, should never come out of your mouth. If you pray in words for your turnaround with your children, keep start declaring good words over your children. If if you're praying for a health turnaround, if you're praying to be fit and healthy and you want to lose weight and all that stuff that we want to do, start declaring it. I'm not talking about being silly. You know, if if you start declaring... Now, some... I probably... No, I'm not... Strike that. Forget that. (laughs) I'm not going to go there. Okay. So as Christians, we should never say, I'll never be debt free. I'll never be, have a happy marriage. I'll never be fit and, fit and healthy. And stop comparing yourself to everybody else. Chris and I, when we first got married, there was a couple um, years ago, uh, and I admired this couple, and I can remember, God, I, I, want to, I, want to be, I want a marriage like them. Now, there's nothing wrong with looking up to people, but actually sometimes we can get into comparing so much. You know, I, I, I want to have hair like theirs. I always wanted to be tall. It ain't going to happen, is it? I mean, come on. <laughs> there was just no open me ever being tall. I just had to thank God for who I was. Don't compare yourself because this couple that I was comparing myself and saying, God, I want, they actually ended up splitting up. Do I really want that? No, I don't. I want what God's best is for me. Are you hearing me this morning? Don't compare yourself to others. So you asked me this morning, how can I change the habits and patterns of using negative words? If you do, we start by thinking before we speak and we start by praying. So what I, what I have done regularly, and I may have said this to you before, Psalm 19 verse 14, Boney M used to sing it. Can you remember Boney M? By the rivers of Babylon. And he he used to go on, let the words 
of my mouth. Can you remember it? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, God. If we get up, guys, every day, every night, when you stop, drop and pray. If you've messed up, stuffed up, and you're ready to drop, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. So what are we declaring? Are we declaring good things? And God's challenged me. You know, I've said some things this week that God has said to me, Julie, stop saying that. Some declaration that I made, and I said to my family yesterday, I'm going to stop saying that. I really felt God challenged me because we have to internalize it, guys. What are we declaring? We make a choice from this day on that I am going to choose words of life no matter how it looks. It's a decision. It's not something that's just going to fall into our laps unintentionally. We have to be intentional in saying, God, from this day on, I am going to choose words of life. I choose words of life. Now, guys, there's no condemnation in Jesus. So if you do say something and you mess up, stop, drop, and pray. Please don't feel condemned. Now, being a woman, and I told you that I, I absolutely love using 100 words, if one instead of one, you know, and I am trying to, God gave us one mouth, two ears. I am learning that as well. But there is a scripture in Isaiah 53 that I think we just need to pay attention to. Isaiah 53 and verse 6 to 7 says, Like a lamb led to the slaughter, when Jesus was oppressed, he opened not his mouth. When Jesus was led like a lamb to the slaughter, he opened not his mouth. And here's what I just want to pull out of this, guys, that there are times in our lives when we can feel so overwhelmed that we really don't know what to say. When things get so difficult... Now, Jesus was facing going to the cross. He was, he was just an absolutely situation that I know was so painful for him. And in those moments where it is so, so painful, don't start ringing your mates and don't start declaring to all and sundry how bad it is. Sometimes it's best that we keep our mouths shut in those really painful times and wait before God, sit with him, be still and know that I am God. And just say, God, I, I really feel so, so a mess. I don't know what to pray. But don't be declaring all the negative stuff. In those moments where you feel so desperately that if I open my mouth, I'm going to say something I shouldn't say. I've, we've all been in situations like that, haven't we? Where you're with somewhere, you think, if I open my mouth, it's going to come out wrong. And I, I didn't order. Stop and think what we're going to say. Perhaps it's best in those moments for you to keep your mouth closed and just be still before God and say, God, I'm trusting you. In Numbers 13, there were 12 spies that went to spy out Canaan. I'm sure many of you know the story. Those 12 spies went out to look over Canaan to see if they could move into the promised land. Ten of those spies, the majority of those spies, brought back a bad report. Only two brought back a good report, and actually they had all seen the same thing. Are you hearing me this morning? They could all see the same thing. The majority of them brought back a negative report, and only two brought back a good report. If those two hadn't brought back that good report, they would not have gone in and taken the promised land. And in just concluding in this point of of how powerful our words are this morning. 
Whatever you are seeing this morning, God says, start declaring a good report. Start believing that our God is able. Start declaring words of life and not words of death. Start saying that our God and I are more than able with God. Because your promised land is just the other side of your declaration to God this morning. And God's timing. Now, some of us may have to wait three weeks for our breakthrough. Some of us may have to wait wait three years. Some of us may have to wait 30 years. But God says, God says, keep trusting me because I am doing a work in you through this situation. And all you have to do is know that I am God and know that I am with you. Amen. God, I know that my health isn't good, but I'm going to trust you. God, I know my marriage, our relationship isn't great, but God, I'm going to give it to you. What are we seeing? What are we declaring? Our words need to line up with what we are circling in prayer. Guys, this is so important this morning. I really felt, and we've nearly done now, I really felt this morning that there would be breakthrough in the house. We, We prayed in our prayer meeting before for breakthrough. And I really felt this morning that God wanted to say to many of us here, and I include me in this, that if we can start using words that line up with our God is able, that line up with the same power that conquered the grave lives in me, the same power that rescued the earth lives in me, if we can start using those words, that we would walk out of this church this morning feeling different, feeling that, okay, the situation may be there, but God God has just given me a new perspective. God has given me a um, a new mindset. So guys, this morning, as for me and my house, I want us to choose words of life. That doesn't mean to say that I'm never going to mess up, but on those days I do. I'm going to get back and stop, drop and pray. I just feel this morning, we're going to give opportunity at the end for us to just seek God and say, God, if that is me this morning, I I have been using negative words. I know that, that I've been the one limiting my breakthrough. I said to you at the beginning that when we praise God, sometimes we really feel like we're breaking through. And other times, I feel like it's hard work. What is stopping that? God is not the same. It's us, guys. We can stop the power and and God moving through us because of what we are declaring and what we are seeing. So just in conclusion, point number three is power in the spirit. Just a few minutes on this. And for those of you that aren't Christians this morning, you... You may not understand this one, but um, just to speak to the Christians this morning. In the NLT version of 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4, it says, A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. This is something that I have been trying to adopt in my daily routine of just those moments of, again, when I don't know what to pray, when I don't want to say, just speaking words in the spirit, just singing words in the spirit. I was with a leader on, on Tuesday who said that he has encouraged every church member in their church to pray in the spirit and sing in the spirit for five minutes every day. And the difference it's making in people's life is amazing. The breakthroughs they're seeing just by people spending five minutes. They don't know what they're praying. They don't know what they're singing, but with that tongue that God gave us, just singing out God's praises. The power of singing and praying in the spirit. 
if you aren't filled with the Spirit this morning, just, just for those few moments, and we've said that worship doesn't stop here, it's a lifestyle. Get before God. God, how great you are. God, you're awesome. God, you're brilliant. God, I, just declare words in the Spirit between you and God of how great he is. Guys, I'm not telling you this this morning as a person who is just, it's just a theory lesson. I'm telling you this this morning because God has changed me. God has transformed. And I, guys, I have no way got it sewn up. I mess up. But God, by the power of speaking, words of life and not death, and not words of positive thinking, not words of just Julie Turner thinking, but words that line up with the word of God, knowing that our God is able, the same power that conquered the grave lives in me. I know that God has transformed my life. I can still be in a difficult situation. But knowing that our God will come through for me. It may be not tomorrow, but I know that God is able. Amen? So while the band just come back, we're going to sing that song again. The same power that conquered the grave lives, lives in me.